Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 76 of the Friday Nightmares podcast. It is so good to be back. It's been a nice long break, and I am fresh, ready to go. I am one half of your hosting team this evening, Mr. Smoke Show Crawford, coming to you from the town of Swartz Creek in the county of Genesee, in the state of Michigan, in the United States of America, in the North American continent, in the Western Hemisphere, on the planet Earth, in the Milky Way galaxy. Fully vaxxed, boosted, and waxed, and ready to climax. And if you can, please get me wet and feed me after midnight. I'm the man with the, with the glorious beard, a.k.a. Mother of Cats, a.k.a. the man with the humongous ego, a.k.a. Scotthausen, a.k.a. the Golden God, a.k.a. Spanky. And with me, as always, is... When did you become the Golden God? I just threw that in there. Was that new? Yeah. It's new, right? Oh, from yeah. your tanning? Is I, that that's kind of what I that's kind of what I figured. I'm like, I'd add oh, that because of the tanning. <laughs> that's really cool. And with him is his loyal ride or die bitch, Heather Powell, coming to you today from Waterdown, Ontario, Canada. We're better than horror for dummies of horror, and you know it, Tim Davis. Is it dummies of horror? Yep, dummies of horror. We're better than them, and, yep. they, know. and they know it. Doesn't like Infinity Pool. Gosh. We're going to have some words there. Mm, we're just kidding. Tim's allowed to have his own opinion. He is, but during the month of March, he's getting no dick. <laughs> wow. Well, man, hopefully his wife will step it up and give him all that she can, huh? Someone's got to service that Tim, that glorious Tim. <laughs> so welcome back, Scotty. It's been several weeks. It's nice to see. Well, okay, Scott and I several talk all the time, <laughs> but it's been several weeks since we recorded. So here yeah, we are. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'd say it's good to be back, uh, kind of. I mean, I was hoping to bring back the tropical weather with me, but uh, unfortunately, I just brought more dreariness and despair with the winter storm we got hit with over the week <laughs> yeah sums up half the watches for 2023 so far so that's kind of a pretty good True. uh pretty good comparison but you had a lovely time and we'll definitely get to it later on yeah, uh, i don't even know where to begin when we get to that because yeah there was a lot to talk about you know i was just listening to our old episode while i was taking mickey for a short walk and i was listening to you criticize me about talking about the up or the uk so but i am <laughs> going to give you the kindness of listening to your vacation without being a judgy pants <laughs> and even though you shared with me all the beautiful pictures of your room and all the food you were eating and all the beautiful places you went to i'm not jealous cuz i'm so humble and woke cuz you're an eight, uh you what is it uh you say that I'm a 10, but I'm an 8 at best, plus 2 says you because I'm so humble. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Which, by the way, you love Lonely Island. I feel like I just really discovered them the other day. Oh, they're amazing. And now I've been listening to the Jack Sparrow song. That song's amazing. So often <laughs> that Spotify has it on my most repeated songs. <laughs> oh, I like, love them, guys. Honestly, too funny. But yeah, we have some 2023s to talk about. Thank God, Scott and I didn't record for a month, and we managed to pull some shit out of our ass. So, well, and thankfully, a lot finally came out and were yes. available to us. And yes, we yes. watched a bunch before. Uh, I watched a bunch before I left because I knew I was gonna need to play catch up when I came back. And then I watched a bunch when I got back here. So, like, yeah, we made ourselves a pretty decent sized list. 
Yeah, we've done pretty good. And as we know, this is the premium podcast that you come to to listen to 2023 releases, specifically from Tubi. We're ahead of the curve when it comes to Tubi films. Only quality um, content. The best content. But uh, we're going to shift away from Tubi for a couple of minutes. And we're going to talk about a uh, really great um, documentary series and the third installment of it. And that is In Search of Darkness Part 3. This sits at a whopping 342 minutes. Um, so, yeah, maybe some people out there can watch this in one sitting. I myself had to split it up. I think you had to split it up too, Scotty, right? Uh, I would have been able to watch the entire thing if I had time while I was at work. But I ended up, I think I got like four and a half hours of it knocked out in one day and then finished it off the next day. That's pretty impressive. So... Um, the synopsis for this is the final journey into 80s horror. The epic conclusion to the In Search of Darkness in this epic final chapter, our focus turns to the straight-to-horror video classics that populated the bottom shelves at the video rental store. Imaginative, gory, experimental, but always entertaining, these hidden gems are ripe for dis- rediscovery. Um, I can see Scott's rating on here, and I can also see Mr. Rob Humphrey's rating on here of three stars, because Rob doesn't like the 80s, apparently. Um, Lord, Rob, I swear to God, I'm going to kick you in the dick so hard. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Rob's like, mm, yes, Scott, talk to me more. <laughs> um, so, Scott, why don't you five stars, Scotty? That's a that's a mighty high rating. Well, I mean, to be fair, I think In Search of Darkness 1 and In Search of Darkness 2, I also rated five stars because these documentaries are incredible. Like the mm-hmm. first one, they definitely just hit on a lot of the big mainstream stuff of the 80s. Yeah. And the second one started sprinkling in more of the sequels and some some lesser known things. But then this one, dear Lord, they did a deep dive pulling out some stuff. I, mm-hmm. I'd i say over probably half the films they mentioned in this. And they mentioned a lot of films and about half of them I never even seen or never even heard of. Yeah, like totally. It was, and they just show like their love for the genre and the love for that era and they go into a lot of, not super deep detail about each movie, but they go into enough of the movie, especially if you don't know about it, to introduce you to these films and to kind of give you an idea of what they're like. And I just love that. Like, And it shows that they all, everybody they interviewed for this absolutely loved it and loves that era and loves that horror, loves the horror from that era. It was incredible. And then they even did like a thing in the credits where it was all the fans showing their love for the 80s horror genre. And it was, yeah. One of the best documentary series I've ever seen. So Carolyn Monroe was in this a lot. Yeah. And the reason why I bring her up is because my friend from England, Mark, recently interviewed her at a science science fiction convention that he was at. And he interviewed her for about an hour and a half in front of people. And he said that she was just one of the loveliest people. She was so kind and really engaging with her fans. And I actually felt like that really came across. And I think that's why they had her so much in this documentary, because I thought she was actually really engaging. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, Mark's right. This lady's really into what they're talking about. And I think everyone that gave interviews were were very good as well. I think the In Search of Darkness series, I think Shudder with documentaries in general knocks them out of the park. There's only been one that I haven't been a fan of. Um, The rest of them are just fucking chef's kiss. So if you have Shudder, Watch this. It's on all the shutters, whether it's AMC, regular shutter, um, Amazon shutter, you can locate it and it is worth the time. You may have to split it up into sessions, but you can do that. It's not a documentary you can't walk away from and come back into. So, yeah, because it's um, very good at like just doing like 1980. 
1981. Yeah. 1980. Like, so you could watch it as like a couple years a day or whatever until you finish it. Absolutely. It's totally worth it. So we, we strongly recommend it. And that is In Search of Darkness 3 on the Shutter. Hell yeah. That's a high recommend from me. Uh, so yeah, going on to the next film uh, we both watched. Uh, this one, I had uh, seen it mentioned on, I think it was bloodydisgusting.com. And I told Tim Davis, like, or I tagged Tim in it going, Oh shit, Tim! A possible good werewolf film coming to Netflix. Let's check. Uh, you know, let's see if this is gonna be worth anything. And he ended up watching it first and said he enjoyed it, so I uh, ended up watching it. I know you ended up watching it as well. Yeah. It's called, it's called Viking Wolf. Uh, after a witnessing a grotesque murder at a party in her new town, a teenager starts having strange visions and bizarre desires. Uh, this is a uh, Netflix original and it's a Norwegian film. And so it's got subtitles or like most Netflix uh, foreign films, they also have dubbing. And yep. I ended up watching the dubbed version, which I didn't find to be too bad. Like the dubbing wasn't terrible at all because I was working. So it just made it easier. And yeah, I thought this was a pretty damn fun werewolf film. Like um, CGI is a bit iffy yeah. here and there, but it's it doesn't take away from the film at all to me. I found it to be very fun, very enjoyable. And it actually showed like a true legit American werewolf in London style werewolf. Not like the bipedal ones, not like a dude with just a little bit of fur on his chest and some long fangs, like full on werewolf. And yeah, there was some good like carnage, carnage scenes, especially in that third act. And yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. How about you? Man, I thought this movie moved really quickly. I really enjoyed um, the plot base of it, I, I, it went places I didn't think it was going to go with some of the main characters' decisions and stuff that they did, and I love how it kind of left you wondering at the end. Um, I, you kind of get an idea of what happened, but a part of me was like, I wonder, I wonder if she actually went through with what she had to do. I think this is another example of international horror on Netflix done right. Um, yeah. Again, you know, I, I find that that's over and over again. That's where good international horror lays is is in Netflix. So I strongly recommend it. I think if you're into werewolf films, you know, I think Tim Davis said it best. Um, this is not, you know, American werewolf in London, but you don't always have to. You have that as a bar, you know, like there's ginger snaps. There's like how the howl, the howl, the howling, the howling. Yep. The howling. There's like lots of werewolf movies that people are into. And I think honestly, this one deserves to be watched. It's free on Netflix. If you have Netflix, why would you not take the opportunity? So, yeah, I recommend exactly. it as well. Yeah, this was definitely good. I think that I gave it like a 7 out of 10 or an 8 out of 10, something like that. Yeah, and I think that's a really fair rating. I think I would probably be 6.5, but not because like, oh, I didn't like it. It's just I'm not huge on werewolf movies. Like, they're okay. Right. Um, but I thought this was, was quite good. So, yeah, definitely. Especially if you have the Netflix. Why, why miss out on it? Um, the next one we're going to talk about is Blood. So Blood is a 108-minute runtime. And the tagline is, how far would you go to save your child? Jessie, a newly separated mother and nurse, moves into her old family farm with Tyler, her teenage daughter, and Owen, her 8-year-old son. One night, the family dog senses something in the woods and runs off to find it. He returns a couple of days later and attacks Owen savagely before Jess is able to intervene. Owen is rushed to the hospital. His condition worsens and no one can figure out why until Jess just discovers a disturbing cure. Um, I really thought this was a good average horror movie that came out this year. I like to give a, a shout out to Michelle Monaghan. I thought she was quite good. Skeech El Elrich is in this as well. Um, 
this movie conquers the concept of addiction. It's a little in your face of what they're talking about. You know, clearly it's about addiction of different forms and how it changes you and how sometimes you can't get past it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I thought that it was really, really well done. I think it gives life to a specific type of genre. I think it's something different. And I applaud the director and the writers for that. I think it they really did try to do something different with this film. And though I don't think it's an overly huge standout, I do think it was quite enjoyable. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, once again, like you say, it definitely covers the uh, form of addiction. And uh, like this has been done in this specific style of a subgenre of horror before, like what this person like is basically addicted to and what is trying to say about addiction. But it's done through the eyes of a mother and helping her child. And yeah, yeah like like uh, like the tagline said, like, you know, you pretty much what would you do to save your child? And like this woman, this mother goes through what she can to do what she can for her son. And it's heartbreaking and also a fascinating watch at the very same time, because like I like it was definitely some very sad moments in this because it was kind of hard to watch with some of the things that ended up happening. And it questions of where is the line? Yeah. Right. And, you know, I think everything in this movie, the setups all made sense. There's a secondary character that you meet early on that you're not quite sure why you're meeting the secondary character, but it makes sense later on. So yet again, I think I can't even explain why this movie didn't push it over more than average for me. Um, I don't really know, but I will say that I was invested. I did not know how it was going to end. I will say I was surprised on how it ended. And I thought the ending was probably the most honest ending I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Um, And that I really applaud is when you can do an ending that to me is very honest and real. That's impressive. Yeah. 100%. Like, Because, yeah, that is a very, uh, this is, for one, a very difficult subject to talk about. And I think they handled it it correctly. And like you, yeah, I'm not sure, like, what was missing to make this better than just a little more than above average. Because I think I also gave this, like, a 7 out of 10. Like, it was definitely worth the watch. Yeah. And it might it might be on people's lists at the end of the year. It might have more of an effect on certain people, like. It yeah. definitely had a profound effect on me because I've dealt with somebody with addiction before. Yeah. So like I, I was understand. thinking of you when I watched it. Every time I see stuff with addiction, I know about your experience. I'm knowing someone who was who was an addict, and I think yeah, like Scott will really understand this. Like I yeah. think there's just a level of understanding you get um, from having that experience. But yeah, honestly, I think people should check this out. It is available. Um, we've talked a little bit about it. It's available for rent on iTunes, Google, Amazon, YouTube, Microsoft Store. And honestly, like it it you hearing the description, you can kind of guess what the cure is that this kid can have to keep him going. Um, so you probably understand what the genre is. I think if you're into that, it's a 97 minute run runtime. I think it's worth your time. I think it's yeah. well acted. It's 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 money went into it. The plot makes sense. It's just not something that grabbed either one of us enough to be in our top, you know, 10. But I I would say it's top 30 or top 20 material right now. Like, you know, it's good. Yeah, I was going to say for me right now, it's probably in the top 10. But that's just because we haven't watched enough. We watched a lot of movies. Yeah, I'm thinking at the end of the year kind of thing, right? But it would definitely be a movie if someone was like, hey, I want to watch something about addiction. And, you know, I'm really into this specific type of genre. I'd be like, yeah, you should check this out. It's different. You know, it's something that's, that's different. And... I I really like it. Like, um, we'll kind of give this away a little bit. But what was the sexy 
one that was about addiction that was about drugs kind of and it was uh the fuck there's a threesome at the beginning oh uh bliss bliss right like what bliss did you know i think this was a very good not as good as bliss but along the same lines of doing something different which i think is cool so yeah completely agree and uh where was that one able to be found i oh so itunes google amazon youtube and microsoft store all right. Well, then, uh, yeah, I'll jump on to the next one because I know we both have watched this as well. Um, the next one is called Baby Ruby, A Mother's Instincts Never Lie. After welcoming her baby Ruby home, the tightly scripted world of lifestyle influencer Joe starts to unravel. As increasingly sinister happenings mount, Joe is unplugged into a or Joe is plugged into a waking fever dream where everyone is a threat and nothing is what it seems. So. When I seen the cover of this movie and read that synopsis, I'm going, oh, boy, here's another one of these weird, like, pregnancy horror films that always talk about, is my baby evil and this and that? And, like, and it plays on those fears that a lot of these pregnancy horror films tend to do. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. while this one kind of feels like that's what it's trying to do at first, it goes into a completely different realm. This film was very, very very realistic and heavy because it talks about postpartum depression and like what that kind of looks like. And man, uh, I thought the performances in this were really well done. Oh, like possibly awards this year for how good the main lady was. Um, Her name is Naomi Merchlin, I think is how you say that. Or Nomi, Nomi. No, my, my, it's a, I think it's a Spanish name, maybe. No, it's, uh, I think it's, uh, I think she's French. Oh, okay. Noemi Merlant. It also stars, uh, Kit Harrington, who from Game of Thrones, and Kit Harrington is a damn good actor most of the time. Like, yeah, a lot of the stuff he's in, and he did a great job as a father that is just worried, sick, but also frustrated with what's going on. Like, I found their relationship in this to be very real. I I thought that this was most realist portray a postpartum that I have ever seen. And mm-hmm. I credit this film for going places that they're afraid to go. There was one scene where a woman is sharing with another woman an incident where she almost caused harm to her child because of postpartum. And that shit is real. And yeah. I have a friend that's on the cusp of giving birth. And let me tell you, this was almost a little too close to home. Because Scott knows who I'm talking about. Yep. He happens to know this friend as well. This is something that she's always wanted. And it's by no stance any knock on her. But the reality is having a baby is fucking hard. Yeah. It is fucking hard. And I feel as though we expect women to just have it all together. And when this woman starts to lose it, she starts to lose it. There's a very powerful third act here. Um, and honestly, throughout the film, I was kind of guessing on what was going on. Like it had me guessing. And I, I think that this, the more I sit back on it, the more it sits with me. And I think it has to do with where I am in my life. Very similar, like after midnight, back when we watched that in 2020, sat with you. Yeah. I think with what I'm going through with a friend of mine, who's on the verge of giving birth, this movie is going to sit with me and very possibly be in my top 10. Now, do I think it will be in other people's? No, sorry. I was just going to say, I'm like, yeah, I could see this being in your top 10 by the end of the year. Right. Especially because my the... friend is due to give birth as well in April. So it may very much yeah, be a like movie. A very, a movie that... <laughs> very personal connection to it. 
yeah, and it may be a movie I'm able to talk about or not able to talk about. We'll see how this how this year goes. Right. Um, right? But um, I, I do think this is a must-watch for people at a 93-minute runtime. You're not wasting your time with it. It will keep you guessing on what's happening. The acting is there. It's available on iTunes, Google, YouTube, Cineplex Odeon here at Cineplex in uh, Canada, and Microsoft Store. So any of those you can rent it. I think it's worth any rental price. I was gonna say this is like this is one of the better ones. Like eight eight and a half out uh, out of ten for me. Like this is definitely worth the rental. Like especially that yeah. Like if you uh, have any experience being a parent one way or another, like this may have much more of an effect on you. But Absolutely. Tim, Tim Davis, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, and like. I don't know if his wife, and and I'm not meaning this insensitively, but I think that women get a lot more pressure oh, than men do. 100%. Though I, I do think, and I will say this, I think Tim is a fucking amazing father. Let me make this very clear. I think there's there's some dads out there that are half-assed. Tim is definitely not one of them. And it'd be interesting to for his perspective, and if his wife went through any kind of postpartum, because they have three beautiful children, and that's a lot, yeah. you know? And I think that this movie, we need more movies like this, written by women, directed by women, starring women. The same woman wrote it and directed that are telling women's stories from a true, honest perspective. Um, and I think that's important. Like, I think it's important to have that voice heard. So, oh, it um, really was. And I don't think it's going to, uh, no one's going to be offended by this. I think anyone's going to watch this and be like, unless, of course, you had a postpartum yourself, this may be a little too close to home. So yeah. watch with caution if that's the case. Um, but yeah, so far we brought some good heavy hitters to the table, um, which is what we kind of planned on doing. We have a couple of low balls that we'll talk about, but most of our movies are pretty good that we brought. Now, have you yeah, seen this next? Sorry, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, because yeah, the ones we brought to the table this time, whether good or bad, were ones that just kind of stuck with us for one reason or another. That's why that we, it's just yeah. easier to talk about. But, there uh, were ones that we felt you should watch. Like, I left out some that were just garbage that yeah, I would not even I recommend. Yeah, right. Um, but no, I have not seen this next one. This one that was is on my list still. Okay, well, I'll hammer through it then, and you can take over for that next jam that we're going to talk about after this one. No. So this is a, a Shudder original. It's called Attachment. It's a 105-minute runtime. Major Duchess, a, Dutch, a Danish actress past her prime, falls in love with Leah, a young Jewish academic from London. Leah suffers in mysterious seizures, and Major returns with her to London. There, she meets Leah's mother, an overbearing woman who could could who could hold dark secrets. Um, this movie is quite well acted. Um, it's it's it had me till the third act. Uh, the third act, I thought, got a little silly, and I feel like that it was supposed to pull you in. For me, it did not pull me in as much. Um, that being said, I do think it is a decent movie. I do think the character, the relationship horror piece of this is something you'll probably enjoy, Scott. So I suggest that's watching why I was, it. That's yeah. kind of why I wanted to see this, because I knew it was a relationship-based. So I think if you're into relationship horror, if that's something that you enjoy, this movie is definitely worth watching. As I said, it's a Shutter original, so it's available on all the Shutters, but it's also available on AMC. And direct TV. Um, I think if you have it on Shutter, it's worth watching. I don't know if this is a rental for most people unless you really do dig a relationship horror. If you liked Bones and All, After Midnight, um, the battery of like any kind of relationships of people being kind of stuck together and trying to work stuff out, then this will be a movie that you will enjoy. Yeah, that that right there has me like excited. Yeah, I think you'll like it for that purpose, Scotty. 
All right. So, yeah, I'll definitely try watching that over the weekend. Um, so the next one, this is one of those where we do not recommend. Folks, do not watch this. I already told Rob Humphrey don't watch this so because I because I knew when I told him don't watch it that he would watch it. So I told him don't watch it just because I knew he would do the exact opposite, and I want to make him suffer for that. <laughs> but I don't know if he actually has watched nice. it yet nice. or not. But uh, this movie is called Hashtag Float. When a vlogger and her crew embark on their annual river float to commemorate the untimely loss of their friend, they are plunged into a life-and-death battle with a mysterious local, a sinister paranormal force, and their own fears. God, this movie was painful. <laughs> it was horrible. I Oh, every character in this was despicable and... I think I've said this before, but it felt like an alien was trying to pretend to be human and decided to write human interactions for this script and did not get it at all. Because these people are just doing the dumbest fucking shit and making the dumbest fucking decisions ever. Like, they, I thought in uh, well, Snow Falls, decisions, dumb decisions were made. But in this one, there were just some really fucking dumb, boneheaded decisions and just piece of shit characters that, yeah, I cared nothing for this film. I cared for nobody to survive. The young parents in this are fucking awful and mm-hmm. so dumb. And the main character you were supposed to care for, like, oh, friends died. Or, or no, oh, someone went missing. Maybe we should wait for him. Ah, no, let's just keep floating down the river. What? <laughs> like, why? Why would you just... No, if, you, if you're supposed to be that close of friends, I don't give a fuck who you are, but if you're that close of friends and all of a sudden someone doesn't show back up, especially this particular character doesn't show back up, you're going to be helping look for this person. You're not going to be if, like, oh, I'm going to float. You fall through a, what if you fall through a tube and disappear and no one else looks for you? It can't, like, takes you 10 minutes to figure out where the person went. Right. Like, yeah, this movie was dreadful. It was, it was, and you know, you can have a micro budget movie. We're going to talk about one after this one that was smaller budget that did a really good job. And it was a creature feature. Nothing could have saved this film. Nothing. No. It was, it was boring. We're not going to tell you where you should watch it because we don't think you should. So no. don't watch it is our Rob, advice. Rob Humphrey, if you haven't watched it yet, don't watch it. Don't no. watch it. Remember, Scotty said, it. don't watch it. I didn't recommend it in other words <laughs> watch it you son of a bitch because i know you will you know and then he'll be like you said it was your number one and now he'll be like it was actually a 2022 because it was released at this one film festival that no one else knows about and that <laughs> means that i can't count it as a 2023 because my name's rob humphrey <laughs> you know why because he thinks he's so cool because he interviews famous people and i mean he, he is pretty cool and stuff no he's not don't say he's cool. You know what? He won't even like go on a date with me. Like, I don't understand. Is it just because I'm not 21? An American? Yeah, yeah. Well, especially the American part. Yeah, it's true. He's a proud American. He's like Canadian. Ugh, get that garbage out of here. He he loves get drinking out, his loser. he loves drinking his Pabst Blue Ribbon, carrying his uh, <laughs> big old guns around with him everywhere he goes <laughs> on the beach, wearing his crocs. You can't tell him what to do. He's a freedom eagle. So this is so a little bit of a backstory here. So we have a little chat group with Rob Humphreys from Slasher Radio and This Horror Life, as well as Tim and Daniel for Dummies of Horror. And I I presented that Rob's this big Trump supporter and Rob will play into it. So Tim actually thought I think Tim actually thought that Rob was a Trump for support. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny. But anyway. 
Hashtag float, hashtag no. But hashtag save yourselves. Hashtag don't bother. But one that was actually quite decent was called Cryptid. And this is a 114 minute runtime. A small rural town in Maine is shocked as a mysterious animal leaves a local residence brutally ripped apart. Deemed to be a random bear attack by town officials, freelance journalist Max Fromm suspects it might be something more. Um, Scotty, what were your thoughts on this one? I thought this was a pretty entertaining creature feature. Um, thought the acting was pretty damn good in a lot of scenes. Um, they did a great job with hiding the creature in the, in the shadows to use their budget wisely. Um, mm-hmm. However, I don't know if it was because I was watching it on my phone or not, but it did seem like it was really, really, really dark when the creature was on screen. So I had a hard time even seeing. Yeah, it they like did at keep all. it. They did keep it dark. But I um, think they did that to keep it, like, hidden kind of thing, right? Right, and I kind of wish I would have seen a little bit more of it. I, it only seems like yeah. I got, like, an outline of what the creature looked like for the most Fair part. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. My one complaint is I felt it just kind of went on for a little too long because it was, like, an hour and 45 or something like that. Or, no, it was almost two hours. It was 116 minutes, if I remember correctly. And I was going, every time I touched the screen because I had to pause it to go do something at work, I was like, no way do I still have that much time left for a creature yeah, it was, Really? Yeah, it overstayed its welcome a little bit, for sure. But but I still found it to be good. Like, it had, like, a good story behind it. Uh, like, an interesting creature design from what I could see and, like, from the story they gave of it and everything like that. Like, it was definitely a fun watch. I agree. I think this was, if you're looking at doing a low-budget film and you want to see one that used their budget well, I think this is a good suggestion. Do I think this is going to be on anyone's top 10? No, it's not. But uh, we had someone accusing myself of uh, having very limited knowledge of movies recently because I did not care Uh-oh. for Skin of Marink. Um, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And I was told maybe if I just uh, watched as many movies as this individual that perhaps I would have a better understanding um scotty and i do watch a lot of low budget movies and this is an example of low budget done well um and i think that they used it effectively so if you would like to see a low budget creature feature done reasonably well a little long in the tooth so be warned it is available on itunes google voodoo youtube and microsoft store for rent yep i'd say it's worth like a dollar 99 299 rental for sure like I think I gave it like a six and a half, seven out of ten. Oh, Heather's dying on me. <laughs> Sorry, when I have a cold right now, so it's been uh, I've been hacking it up. Well, Scott's had to take the lead a couple of times there, so good job, Scotty. Um, but it's your turn I'm anyway. Trying. All right, so the next one, this one we're gonna get into a little bit more detail later on. But uh, I had the uh, uh, chance to see Brandon Cronenberg's third directorial film, Infinity Pool. Uh, so now the uh, tagline is, find out what kind of creature you really are. The synopsis is, while staying at an isolated island resort, James and M are enjoying a perfect vacation of pristine beaches, exceptional staff, and soaking up the sun. But guided by the seductive and mysterious Gabby, they venture outside the resort and find themselves in a culture filled with violence, hedonism, and untold horror. This stars Mia Goth and Alexander Skarsgård as, like, two of the main characters in this film and holy hell so dummies of horror is getting ready to do a uh battle of the scream queens type uh modern day scream scream queens on their next episode coming out and which will probably be out by the time this is released and mia goth is one of the scream scream queens and she she nails that role of like new female horror icon like in the she just shows her performances in this it, she's incredible absolutely incredible and shows that she can play sweet and innocent, 
and also insanely crazy. And this story had me just sitting back going, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the hell is going on? What in the fuck's going on here? It is definitely, definitely Brandon Cronenberg style. It's very uh, David Cronenberg. Absolutely. It's like, it's definitely inspired by his father. Like, so if you like those types of films, this is right up your alley. There's some body horror. There's some, uh, what is the word I'm trying to look for? Uh, where it's basically talking about something in real life. Uh, oh, I, I'm sorry. Social, social commentary? Yeah, social commentary. It's got a lot of social commentary to it. Which is and... why I like it, because I only like social commentary films. Exactly. And that's why Tim Davis hates it. <laughs> yeah, because Tim's not smart enough to get them. Exactly, no. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely but... that's the problem. <laughs> but no, this is, I'll, I'll say it right now, this is my number one film of the year so far. This is uh, this is damn near a 10 out of 10 for me. Like, I gave it five stars, but that's because it's a 9.5, because I never want to give anything a 10 until I've at least given it a, more time to sit with me and a rewatch. And right now, it's at a 9.5. Like, this film, Brandon Cronenberg is three for three with me. Everything he's done has just been amazing. I have, And i just so excited to see what else he comes up with? You know, I, I couldn't agree more. I know that not everyone's going to be a fan, and that's absolutely fine. You know, like, everyone likes what they like, and of course there's never no judgment. I'm just teasing about Tim. Um, oh, but not, this... Oh, oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> How the tide has turned. So I love this film. We'll get into it more in spoilers, but all I can say is if you are a Cronenberg fan... Um, if you like, in my opinion, artistic horror done right, uh, check this out. It is available on Amazon, Google, Vudu, YouTube, Redbox, and it's worth whatever you pay for it. It is a very, very good film. Um, when we get into spoilers, I'll talk about a couple of scenes that really stood out for me um, that really pushed this into uh, the category for me that it's in now. Yeah, same. Like, I'm excited to go a little more in depth with this. Yeah, we'll we'll dive in. We'll dive in. Oh, you got to talk about the next one. All right. So, yeah, okay. So, I will bring that up real fast. All right. So, the next film that I ended up watching, but Heather had not had a chance to see yet, is uh, called Swallowed. The uh, tagline is, they go down the hatch before they make the trip. Benjamin and Dom have been best friends since they were kids. On their last night together, Dom plans to send Benjamin off with a pocket full of cash, and all he has to do is deliver a package over the border for a friend. Dot, dot, dot. So this is kind of a more, uh, I would say this is closer to more of a weird thriller than it is horror, but it definitely fits in the horror genre because of what they have to carry across the border. Um, so yeah, the, it is... Uh, very well acted. It stars what's her name? Like, stars Jenna Malone, and it also stars Matt, uh, Mark Patton from Nightmare on Elm Street Two, which I'm not sure, but this may like I haven't seen him in anything since Nightmare on Elm Street Two, besides that Scream Queen documentary. And he does a really good job in this, and they like everybody in this film does a really good job, and it's very a very interesting film because it's definitely a road movie in a way. And some weird shit happens. I really can't get into too much there. It's basically drugs that they're smuggling in a way, kind of, sort of. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's, um, but I definitely recommend this one because, yeah, like everybody's performances in there are great. The story moves along at a good pace. I like, I enjoyed the story itself. Like it was just really well done. Um, I will give uh, a thing saying there is nudity in this. A lot of male nudity. No female nudity. Just a lot of male nudity. Finally. And this, exactly. And there are... Uh, me and Rob not, will love it. Exactly. 
Lots of penis, which is one thing I love. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, there is not a fill single... me up, Buttercup. <laughs> but yeah, there's not a single straight character in this either. This is all like uh, gay and uh, lesbian. Oh no! Oh my gosh! What? So how you know... am I supposed to feel as a straight person if I can't see straight people in a movie? Does that mean that I'm no longer straight, Scott? It does, Heather. It means that the woke agenda has been pushed upon you. <laughs> oh, man. Too bad I can't walk out of my house and see every single other opportunity of straight white people walking around everywhere. It's a shame. But yeah, like, that's one thing I love about this film is, like, it's literally every character is from the LGBTQ. And, uh, like, and it's a story about these characters and, like, everything they're going through. And, you know, not... And we're, you know, in most horror films, if I remember correctly, like the gay guy or the lesbian woman is the good guy or one of the victims. Yeah. And this, typically. Yeah. I'll say like, I mean, besides like in back in the eighties when they'd make, try to be the scare tactics of homophobic, yeah. like homophobes. Yeah. But yeah. um, in this one, there's actually, you know, one of the villains is a homosexual. Yeah. And, but like, but yeah, it's not like making it sound like an evil thing. Cause every character is homosexual in this and it just works. Yeah. Well, and it's just showing it's reflecting our society. Exactly. Like it's, nice it's finally film is reflecting our society, not just a portion of it. Right. And it does like where a lot of the time, like it may feel like a gay character was shoehorned into a movie. Like yeah. this one, you know, it's just like, this was made this way and it's perfect. I loved it. Like, it's... I'll, I'll be honest. I, I know what you're meaning by that. Like totally. I am never felt that way. No, like, I, I have heard so many people say things like, Oh man, there's like no black or there's no white people on television anymore. And I'm like, do you seriously watch like TV commercials and count? the people of different ethnicities that are in that like what right. kind of fucking weirdo are you like are you seriously like why why does that even matter right why would you even care are you that insecure that if a car commercial has one person that's black and let's say one person that is south asian or whatever that means that you can't buy that dodge ram as a white person right. like i'm not quite sure what the equation is with that whole thing or when different movies come out portraying people that are different than me, why that would bother me. I don't know. Yeah, Cause I've, I don't understand. Cause I've heard that. You're not like that either. Like you're, you're not like no. that either. Neither one of us are like, we don't no. even never has that ever been a topic of conversation that you and I have had ever. Exactly. But, and I, like I say, I've heard several, you know, people throughout, throughout like probably at least especially the last 20 years, I've heard people say that like, Oh, they've shoehorned in a character, like a gay character or, an Asian character or like another ethnicity character. Yeah. Or I can see back, especially early on in mm-hmm. the early two thousands, some of those characters may have felt shoehorned in just cause they would make, they would constantly go, Hey, I'm the gay one. Like they would constantly make reference. Like I'm the gay guy. Remember? Like yeah. so I can see why they would say shoehorned in there, but it's never bothered me. Like it's or like the black society. Noir. Remember the Noir documentary? How they talked yes. about like the black person was always seen as like the friend or like the sidekick kind yes. of thing. And, like, was always concerned about the white character, which was, like, really illustrated. And I think it was Scream 2, because Nev Campbell's roommate is black. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I, I thought that, when the people of that ethnic group say it, I'm like, now I believe you. Because you're yeah. telling me. But when, like, other people of a different ethnic group, particularly white people, say it, I'm like, yeah, your opinion in this means nothing to me. Like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, did, I, I don't... I, I think if you're looking for that, then you have bigger issues, to right. be honest. Like, I would never watch a movie. Like, I'm glad that this representation's happening on film, and I'm glad that you're telling people about that. But it's sad that we're still at a stage where people 
like almost like you got to say, okay, for everyone that may get upset, <laughs> there's no straight people in this movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's a shame. And to be fair, for our audience, I know there's not really anyone like that because they've probably tuned out yeah. a long time ago if that was the case because they That's know true. our stance. And, um, That's a good point. Good but no, I was giving more a heads up because uh, there is just a lot of male frontal nudity. And, well, and that's know, true. There's a lot of dick. So a lot of dick, like way more than I. But if you watch porn, you see right. all that dick. Well, right? it depends on what type of porn you watch, I guess. Oh, that's true. If you stay away from the dick piece. See, I go for the dick piece. Well, of course. Right. That's why I told you, I'm like, Heather, there's a lot of dick in this. Yes, I know. I'm going to be watching it with pants off. Move out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> hey, hey, man. As long as the Woody's there. That's the only inspiration I need. But it's it looks like a solid movie. I'm glad you watched it and you have good things to say because it does look good. Yeah, this is definitely something that's worth checking out. Um, I could see this uh, possibly being a, uh, depending on how the year goes, in my top 20. Like, I found this to be just nice. really interesting, fascinating. Um, it can be found, found on iTunes, Google Play, Vudu, Amazon, and YouTube. And nice, I think awesome. It's worth, I think it's worth whatever the price is to rent it. Awesome. Now, did you get to watch this next one yet? Uh, let me see what it is. Uh, Project Wolf Hunting? Nope. No, this is another one on my list. Oh, so now again, South Korea does it again with Project Wolf Hunting. This is a 122-minute runtime, a floating hell with no escape. While under heavily, heavily guard, armed guard, the dangerous convicts aboard a cargo ship uniting a coordinated escape attempt that soon escalates into a bloody all-out riot, and does it ever. Um, but as the fugitives continued their brutal campaign of terror, they soon discovered that not even the most vicious among them is safe from the horror they unknowingly unleashed from the darkness below. Um, all I can say about this movie is fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, this movie's good. This is a incredible South Korean film. If you like Train to Busan, if you like other gory Korean films that have come out, I don't know. You name it, you're going to like it. If you liked Hashtag Alive, which I know I don't believe was Korean, but if you like those kind of films, you're going to fucking love this. This is gory, it's intense, it doesn't overstay its welcome, and it's definitely going to be in contenders for some people's top ten lists of the year. This movie is worth renting. Pay whatever you need to pay for it. You like gore, you like fucking, I don't know, claustrophobic horror, this movie is for you. It is on Amazon Prime, iTunes, Google, Hoopla, and YouTube. Pay whatever price. You will not be disappointed. South Korea hits it out of the park again. I cannot wait to see this. This is one that I really want to check out. Yeah, man. South Korean films. Mwah. Yeah. Always. Always. I have yet to see a shitty South Korean film. I'm sure they exist. I just haven't seen one. Yeah, like the worst one that I can remember is Peninsula. That wasn't even that bad. Yeah, and that's not even... I wouldn't even consider that compared to some other shit, right? Right. Um. Oh, and the next one's Me Too. It is. So I managed mm -hmm. to get tickets to a special screening of Winnie the Pooh fucking Blood and Honey, baby. Yeah. This movie one is One of your a, most anticipated. That's right. This movie was an 84-minute runtime. This ain't no bedtime story. Christopher Robbins is headed off to college, and he has abandoned his old friends, Pooh and Piglet which lead to the duo embracing their inner monsters. So I'm going to talk about this in generalities. First off, it is low budget. So be prepared when you go into this film um, that it is a low budget film. It is actually filmed in, in England in the Sussex woods where the original story was based. Oh, nice. Yes. Um, it follows the book, not the Disney cartoon in terms of the characters that are in it. Um, it is a 
very, very fun slasher. I would say the first opening is chef's kiss. Um, but I will say that it kind of dips a little bit like most low budgets do. And then the third act is just fucking balls to the wall. Scott, Scott is staring at his cat the way I wish a man would stare at me. It is honestly like pretty sweet. She's my baby. Oh my gosh. I'm going to be sick. It's so adorable. Mm. I'm going to tell the beautiful lady about the way that you're staring at that cat. Oh, she understands Stormy and Stormy's ways. Stormy oh, she demands gets it? attention. Yeah. With her little poofy tail. Oh, she de- <laughs> she demands the loves, and you got to give it to her, or she will get angry. I I don't know. Some people shit on this movie. Fuck you, people. This movie was fucking awesome. Rob Humphreys loved it. I loved it. It's a slasher. It's gory. Great practical effects. Awards for best kill could be given by by me for this movie. You're a horror fan. You know what you're getting into when you watch this film. Watch it. Try to find a way to rent it. Go to the theater if it's near you. You will not be disappointed. Winnie the Blue, Winnie the Pooh, fucking Blood and Honey. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I Bring that bitch wait. on. Yeah, it's fun, Scott. It's fun. Yeah, I definitely look forward to checking this one out as soon as it's available. Like, I, this isn't a spoiler. It's just part of the thing. So there's parts where he's stuffing honey into his poo mask face and it's like <laughs> down and shit. And it's really fucking funny. Like, it is entertaining. It is an entertaining film. So, oh, that's great. Yeah. All right. So, I can do the next one because I just finished that, uh, this one this morning. Uh, and I know you went to the theater and seen this one. So, uh, the next one is M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin. Tagline is Save your family or save humanity. Make the choice. While vacationing at a remote cabin, a young girl and her parents are taken hostage by four armed strangers who demand that the family make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. With limited access to the outside world, the family must decide what they believe before all is lost. Uh, This stars... uh, Dave Batista, and I'm not, I don't recognize anybody else, but I'll give their names as well. Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge, and uh, Christine, Kristen Coy. Um, man, wow. Okay, so I know Heather's thoughts on this because she talked about it after she watched it. Mm-hmm. This movie, this was a good M. Night Shyamalan film. Like, yep. best, best one since The Visit for me. And Dave Batista just proves that he is actually a legit good actor. Absolutely. Like, he's not just Drax that just says stupid one-liners and is the big dumb oaf in Guardians of the Galaxy. This guy's, this guy can play some serious roles, and he does an amazing job. And also, is just because he's Dave Bautista, he's intimidating as shit just because of his size. But, um, yeah, this this film went places I was not sure. Like, because it's M. Night Shyamalan, I was always looking for the twist. And so I wasn't Wait, sure. a twist. A twist, a twist. But I was not sure if or when it was coming. I will not say if it does or not. But the whole story had me very intrigued. I was wondering what was going on the entire time. Like, if what they were saying is real or whatnot. Like, how do you believe these people and this and that? But yeah, I really dug this film a lot. This film, I I like majority of M. Long, Chong Long, and Ding Dong movies. I have not seen The Lady in the Water or Lady in the Water. And I have not seen The Happening. The rest of his films I've seen, and I liked all of them. I even liked Devil, the one in the elevator. I thought that was really cool. I really liked that one. Um, Old, I did not enjoy as much. It was still decent. It was decent, but this brought it back for me. 
I was enthralled. The family, the family acting like the I, I bought into this family. The little girl was incredible for it being her first film. Um, very, very good movie. Excellently well done. Watch this in theaters. Rent it. I don't care how you have to watch it. Watch it. I really fucking enjoyed it. Yeah, this nothing was but really, praise. Yeah, this was really good and makes me want to read the book that this is based off of uh, the cabin at the end of the world. Um, so I, I almost bought this while I was at the airport because I seen it was there, but I already had a couple books on me. But and did you read is, while you were away? I, I finished one entire book on the airplane ride and got halfway through another one on the cruise. Very impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. and uh, But I'll probably talk about those during the vacation part, like when I talk about the vacation briefly. Yeah. But. Yeah. But yeah, this was definitely this one is definitely a very high recommend for me. Like I thought I loved it. I thought it was great. Like this could be top 10 contender depending on how the year oh, goes. Oh, it, it will be in my top 10. I don't think anything will knock it out. Nice. It will be. It will be. That it just hit me. The it was the relationship between the parents and the child that did it in for me. I just okay. bought into them so much. Yeah. And, so. And uh, so, yeah, you want to take the next one? I'll say you and I both watched this and think, right? Yeah, I think we both did. So this was recommended by Tim Davis. Um, Carnifex. It's a 93-minute runtime. Some species should remain extinct. An aspiring documentarian and two conservationists who venture into the outback to record animals displaced by bushfires where they discover a terrifying new species. Um, horror for Dummies did a really great job of talking about this. Dummies of but, horror. Sorry, Dummies of Horror. Sorry, guys. Um, I always fuck that up. But um, I thought this movie was absolutely fabulous. I really, really did enjoy it. I think for a low-budget film based on a legend creature, I thought it was really entertaining. I... Found it easy to sit through, easy to watch. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, I'll say the same. I was going to say this is because uh, I watched this and then Cryptid right afterwards. And I think this is better than Cryptid. And it's about the same style budget. But I think that's just because it was short and to the point. It didn't drag out nearly as long. And I could see the I seen the creature a little more. I mean, it's still once again, they use their practical effects or they use their money wisely and their effects wisely and hid the creature in the shadows a lot. But the one thing I loved about this was just uh, the realistic style of talking about how what these brush fires and what tearing down the rainforest and tearing down the forests actually does. It displaces certain species and forces them to find new homes. Unfortunately, sometimes when they're forced to find new homes because they're running out of space, they run into a predator's domain that has been and then that's where they, you know fail to survive or vice versa the predator is forced to find a new home and takes over another territory and like wipes out can wipe out a species that help unfortunately cause endangerment and extinction of certain species of animal i thought that was a very this was a very good take on that type of discussion in a horror film agreed i thought this was very very well done very good ecological horror um we don't see a lot of good ecological horror films to be honest with you and this one was quite quite well done so we watched a screener it is not available in canada right now for rent hopefully this will be something that drops on the shuddy um or will become available is it available in the united states scott i am looking it up right now let's see nope not available yet yeah so hopefully we'll see that drop soon so other people can watch it as well um the final movie that we're going to talk about is play dead this is 106 minute runtime some things are worse than being dead criminology student chloe She's not a criminologist, but that's fine. Fakes her own death to break into a morgue in order to receive retrieve a piece of evidence that ties her younger brother to a crime gone wrong. Once inside, she discovers that the statistic coroner is using 
corpus for corpuses for his sick and twisted business. Well, it's not really that sick and twisted, but when he realizes that Chloe Sills appalls a terrifying game of cat and mouse in stirs. I actually really enjoyed this film. I thought it was um, really entertaining. It was also a screener that we watched. Um, you know, I this young this one yet. This, well, yeah, and we have access to it, so you'll be able to, I guess, watch it if you want to. Yeah, I, um, I recommend it. It's easy to watch at work. It's a good, it's a good game of cat and mouse. Like if you like a movie theme based on someone being chased and having to fight back, it's entertaining. Uh, Jerry O'Connor's in it, oh, which nice. I did enjoy. Yeah, I, I thought he was great. Uh, the main girl I thought was a pretty good actress in it. Um, she was also in Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, um, The Strangers. Um, pray at night i think she was the um i don't know who she was in the strangers pray at night maybe she was a, a teenager but yeah she's she's quite good i enjoyed her in this um so yeah i would definitely recommend checking this out when it becomes available i would say 3.99 5.99 rental is fair or if it's available on the shetty and that is called play dead watch for it coming out later this year nice yeah i will definitely <laughs> check this one out as soon as i can maybe tomorrow at work yeah yeah i look forward to hearing your thoughts on it all right so i guess we are jumping on into the older watches well i'll um, go you want me to go so you can do yours yeah okay i'll just go really quick so mm. shock faint i had never seen shivers before from uh david cronenberg david cronenberg's yeah 1975 so i rec- i reviewed this on slumber party massacre which is my other side check podcast and i talked about how i want to live in this apartment complex because all they do is fuck <laughs> like everyone just fucks each other they sure do fuck man like why can't i move there that looks great i don't understand why they were upset well i mean it's because they were like infected by a weird, shit, weird I parasite a shit. i mean alien nah. parasite that you know, I can see like, why they were complaining. No, they're all coming and shit. I would just been happy. I mean, imagine <laughs> what that's like. You just go apartment, apartment, banging each other. And you're all like lustful and shit. Anyway, I thought this movie was sexy as fuck. The other ladies didn't like it as much as I did, which probably says something about me as a person. <laughs> but I thought it was a cool concept. David Cronenberg, as, as always, I love how he never shies away from, you know, being filmed in Canada, being filmed right outside, outside of Montreal. I love the concept of how... You know, it turned people into basically these violent sex craved people. And at the end, the one guy kind of makes it. But then he has the um, the I guess whatever it calls the alien slug thing passed to him through the chicks in the pool. And then they're all leaving the complex to go and spread it, spread it out through the world. I thought it was cool. And obviously it was trying to say something about sexual freedom and stuff like that in the 70s. And something that I want to point out, there's a scene where two ladies make out. I said to the ladies, I'm like, I get that that's not a big deal now, but in 1975, that would have been. Yeah. There were scenes in this, like, where the father and the daughter make out and other things that would have been, like, we see, we are so desensitized to that shit as horror fans that it doesn't matter anymore. But in 1975, that shit would have been fucking shocking. So Cronenberg was long, long ahead of his time. So I enjoyed it for what it was for a 1975 film, and I encourage other people to watch it if they haven't yet. Yeah, this is, uh, I watched this on Fearnet when that was a channel way back in the day, and that was my introduction to it. And I have to say, this is uh, one of my top three favorite Cronenberg films. I love this movie a lot. Nice. It's cool. It's a really cool film. But uh, yeah, check it out. If you haven't had a chance to, check it out, people. Now Scott has some gems he needs to bring to the table. All right, well, before I get to the gems, all right, I got to be very serious here for a second. It is with a very heavy heart here that your host, Scott Smokeshow Crawford, needs to acknowledge that he's got an addiction. It's 
It's an addiction that is really starting to hurt the ones that he loves. And I just have to say, I'm truly sorry. <sighs> My girlfriend, she's she's such a lovely, lovely woman. She stuck through this through this with me to the end. And I just mainly want to apologize to her because my addiction is I'm addicted to really terrible and shitty movies that I find on Tubi. And when we watched our, when we did our Tubi Tuesday date night, I submitted this poor, beautiful soul, this beautiful lady to an atrocity, an atrocity that is known as the Pool Party Massacre. Baby, if you're hearing this, I'm sorry. And I love you. And I will never do this to you again. I know I am now banned from doing Tubi movies, but I promise I will make this up to you in the end. I promise. And to all of our listeners, I'm sorry I've ever put you through the bad movies that I watch. This is with the deepest, sincerest of all hearts. I love you all, and I will do better. I promise. You're making false promises. First off, I've been putting up with this shit a lot longer than she has. Second of all, it's all right, Erica. You can call me. <laughs> Hashtag steal Scotty's girl. <laughs> Okay, I'm looking at the pictures right now. What made you think this was a good movie to pick? Uh, oh, this, not, this looks like a porno. Erica, so I spoke to Erica, by the way, because are we using her name? Is that okay? I did ask, and she said that, you know, okay. she's not afraid to be seen with you. Right? Her name is so she might be now. Her. After this movie, she may be. After she was like, I was fine with you using my name. And now, like, and she was like, oh, it was like all the porn stars didn't get work or something like that. She's 100% right. This looks like a bunch of porn stars. Like, there's a scene where a guy's sitting on the toilet. It looks like a toilet. And there's blood around him. And then there's, like, just some chick with, like, her titties out. Like, I, what the fuck? Now, this looks like a film that Rob Humphrey would like because these girls all look about, like, 1821, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> but, like, what the fuck is this shit that you made her watch? What the fuck? It was the poster art. Um, the poster art, I had seen it floating around Facebook for quite a few years. I think due to me writing for Pop Horror, it was a lot of friends that, interviewed and promoted and reviewed this movie and i had never gotten around to watching it no so there's no way other people promoted this movie yeah pop horror promoted it i know that much <laughs> they were doing giveaways for the blu-ray and stuff like that too like contests they um, were giving this away why <laughs> probably because they were friends with the director and some of the actors oh, or whatever okay like, Fair you know, enough. just help promoting the movie. Like, because they, uh, like, pop horror is all about promoting independence, independent horror films. So I'd seen the poster floating around forever, and I'd seen a lot of the writers talking about how they praised it and thought it was just a fun, entertaining movie. So I was like, oh, shit, it's on Tubi. I am going to, I'm going to pick this for our watch because, uh. Like, why I'm, would you do that? Because I thought it would be. Like, do you low, want her to break up with you? I don't understand. <laughs> I thought it would be low budget fun that we can make fun of. Oh, no. And no, this no movie, you should know better. <laughs> no, I was hoping for a were deer, Heather. A okay, were deer. A were deer was just good to you. No one else thinks no were deer. No one else is good. watched it. So, how do I know that? <laughs> you refuse to watch it. So, I don't want to hear your lip about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, that, like, I was hoping for something just dumb and silly, and oh god, it was so fucking painful. Like, I, I kept apologizing to Erica over and over again, going, "Baby, I'm sorry." Why didn't you guys I, shut it off? Why didn't you shut it off and go? Because we're determined. Down? What the fuck is wrong? You know what? She's half to blame. Erica, 
You should have <laughs> told him. This is Heather giving you some real talk, Erica. And you should have said, Scotty, too hotty. No. You need to stop this fucking movie and we need to watch something else. Or did Man. you guys really need to see what happened and who the killer was? Was it really unobvious who the killer was at the pool party massacre? Yes. It was. Like, there it, there was a lot of red herrings. I will give it that. But the red herrings were terrible. And, and the reveal of the killer was dumb. But... Everything about this movie was dumb, but I think what it was is we we're like, shit, we're about halfway through this. Let's see this train wreck all the way through. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hopefully she feels the same way about this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That'd be if she was in a relationship with me. It'd be a real train wreck. She'd be like, all Heather wants to do is get drunk all the time and go find cock. You'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's. That's typical, Heather. That's it. In the summer, she smokes a lot of pot because she doesn't like to smoke outside because it's wintertime right now. <laughs> and, so, and she wants to eat nachos all... Yeah, it's a thing. She just... Yeah, she's got a problem. She's got a problem, right? So <laughs> it looks like you are the better alternative for now. But I see she chose a movie that I spoke about on this podcast. Yes, she... Uh, yes, because I, I even put in our chat group with Brandon because I couldn't... I knew either you oh, or Brandon... Megan, did you do a big movie that my podcast brought you that brought it to discussion? <laughs> okay, let me finish. <laughs> yeah, it, was during, it was during the dark times, so you probably don't remember. Oh, the before times. Yes, but, uh, yes. But no, like, uh, I couldn't remember if Brandon had mentioned this as one of the 2023s, so that's why I was asking him, because I didn't know if I could add it to 2023, so I thought it was one he had brought up. But it ended up being you that talked about it on our podcast in 2022, <laughs> and that is The Sleep Experiment. And, yep, Erica chose this one, and, yeah, she <laughs> is now, I am... I'm happily forfeiting the ability to choose movies because, yep, she chose wonderfully. Thank again. God. <laughs> like, she chose a good one. I was glued to the screen the entire time, but this is about a uh, basic. I think it's about the Russian sleep experiment. And it's, it is. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, you know, these people are, these prisoners are put in this room to, that have to stay awake for 30 days, and they are forced to stay awake by this gas that is producing, uh, taking away their melatonin and all this, and obviously the effects of not sleeping and what can go wrong, and a lot of shit goes wrong. This was very well acted, very tense, very just dark and disturbing, and the re reveal at the end of this, finding out what this doctor, what else this doctor has done, was kind of, like, horrifying to, like, way to end this movie. But, yeah, this movie was excellent. I wish I would have watched it last year. I wish I would have listened to you and watched it last year, because it would have definitely made it. No, you should have listened to me a lot about a lot of things last year. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> this movie is just one of them. <laughs> Very true. But... That's okay. You've, you're righting the wrongs, and now you saw it, and now, thank God, she's going to stop you from choosing garbage like Pool Party Massacre. Until I can at least make amends and pick good movies again. Oh, well, that's never going to happen, Erica, hey. so just... Hey. He, you picked a good woman, and that's all that matters. More like the good woman picked me. Well, you probably picked each other. Can we not? No, you complete me. No, you complete me. <laughs> Man, we just broke so many dudes' hearts with you oh. dropping. Like, first that you're dating. Now that she's your g girlfriend. <laughs> like, have you thought about the repercussions? Because, like, no one likes me. They all like you. And I'm not even going to get sloppy seconds out of the whole thing. I know. I know Tim Davis was heartbroken when he heard that I was dating. Like, he was. I know. He was devastated. He called me out in our chat he... room. And I, I told him, don't worry, boo. She knows about you. And she. 
the, <laughs> he, he'll always still get the rage in Scott Crawford. You're like, he'll always be my baby. It's like you're singing the Mariah Carey song to him. That's you right now. But um, I'm glad you have this tradition to watch it to be Tuesdays. I think that's really cute. Um, and I'm glad that she's going to make sure you don't pick shitty movies anymore. Um, At least for now. Too bad she wasn't around when we were picking movies and she could have probably prevented me from picking that prime night piece of shit that I picked a couple of years ago. <sighs> I know. I know. Yeah. That, that was a mistake. Point. That was a mistake. Yeah. That one I will still hold against <laughs> you for a long time. What was the movie you and I watched together? We were super confused. We watched it virtually. I can't even remember what it was now. And I remember we were both like, we took pictures of our faces being trying to understand what was going on. It was years ago. I would have to look back at my Facebook. Yeah, I don't even remember. Are you in a, oh, the advent calendar was really funny when we watched it with Brandon. We just yelled croissant, croissant, they get, they get. man, what was he? <laughs> but um, I guess that concludes our older watches. So we'll jump into what's new. I'll be quick because Scott has his vacation to talk about. Um, <clears throat> I watched a new series on Netflix called My Lover, My Killer. It's a UK series. And the reason why I watched it was because the first, the first story was based out of Newcastle. Of course. Did and you guys know she went to Newcastle? <clears throat> but get this, Scott. So she moved. The girl that was killed. This is actually quite tragic. She moved into Gateshead on the same street where my friend Carolyn and Mark lives. Oh, wow. Because I'm looking at where the crime scene was, and I'm like, uh. So I messaged Carolyn, and I'm like, um. I get the girl's name. I'm like, what's that? She's like, oh, yeah, that happened down the street from me, like, four years ago. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I had been in that neighborhood where this murder occurred. Wow. So it's basically about basically domestic violence gone wrong, as we all know it can do. And it's a UK series. Um, it's a little cheesy. I'm not going to lie. Once I got through the first couple of episodes, I kind of got bored of it. But I did find the first couple of episodes interesting. If you're looking for something that's true crime on Netflix, it is called My Lover, My Killer. Now Scott's going to talk about his vacation. Yeah, so, you know, just because you guys, you guys probably didn't know, but I went on a vacation. <laughs> it's not as impressive as going to the UK, though. And then the street that you were staying on ends up being in a true crime dock. But that is true. You know. That is true. I did get to see a Mona monkey, though. Oh, did you make the monkey Mona? <laughs> he, moaned, he moaned my name. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and that's when Erica broke up with Scott. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, now uh, I'll kind of start from the beginning. But yeah, like I, we uh, landed in San Juan, Puerto Rico and got to spend an entire day out there. And holy shit, I would love to live in San Juan. That place is beautiful and just has so many cool places to see. And there's still a lot. I would like to go back just because I know there's still a ton to do just there. Um, that place was amazing. Got to like try some uh, unique foods there and then we got on the cruise ship and oh boy scotty was in heaven on this cruise ship this thing was 11 stories tall uh i had a suite room with uh like a suite room uh with a balcony that like sh you could look out and just like sit out there and just like sit, stare at the ocean or stare at the island that you were parted at or whatever so nice and relaxing Scotty boy here relaxed it up like crazy, enjoying tons of uh, yum yum drinks because I had the mm. classic drink package. So all the alcohol was free besides wine. And I tried all sorts of different kinds. I tried a hurricane. I tried uh, Miami Vice. Thanks to Heather's recommendation. Nah. Did a, tried a Mai Tai. Had a Long Beach, uh, Long Beach iced tea. And then my go-to drink was Amaretto Sours. I had mm -hmm. started 
I started drinking those so much that the Ukrainian bartender recognized me and was just like, uh, Mr. Crawford, Amaretto Sour? I'm like, damn right, George. Damn Mr. right. Cr- Mr. Crawford. Yeah, they always would say sir or Mr. Crawford or Miss Crawford or Miss Duchesne or, or not Miss Duchesne, Miss James as my mom. Didn't They didn't want to be like Mr. Smoke Show. They didn't know the true me yet. Fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, like the, the ship was amazing. The food was incredible. I had lots of fancy dishes, had escargot and stuff like that. Mm, yum. Um, got to go to five different islands. We went to British Virgin Island. Uh, we went to... Oh, it's the first time you've vis- visited a virgin in a while. Oh, ho, 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 Not the first time for Rob Humphreys, though. Yeah. <laughs> right, Rob. Anyway. Um, but then I went to St. Martin, then to Dominica, then to Barbados, then Granada. Barbados, we didn't really go adventuring out. We just kind of stayed in the port because that was a day where we were just exhausted from... All the stuff we did the day before, so we just all the drinking. Well, for me, yes, (laughs) parents didn't drink at all. But uh, oh, why? Well, I mean, my brother passed away from alcoholism, so it's kind of avoid. Yeah, it's pretty pretty insensitive of me to say that. Good thing (laughs) I wasn't there. I'd be drunk. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I I never got drunk. I kept like a nice buzz going throughout the day, just enough to make me feel relaxed and just enjoy. Um, but yeah, I got to see such beautiful sights. Uh, the rainforest in Dominica was amazing. And then I got to see, like, iguanas just running around freely in St. Martin, just all over the damn place. I so wanted to pick one up and take one home. (laughs) Um, Then, yeah, like, in Granada is where I ran into that Mono monkey just kind of hanging out in the tree, uh, just staring at me and just not giving a shit about people. He basically had the fuck around and find out look on his eyes. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I ended up just having an amazing, relaxing time. I read some books while out in the balcony, just, like, soaking up some sun, listening to the waves of the ocean. Uh, Erica had loaned me this uh, amazing book called uh, Yellow Star that is basically a 200-something page poem about uh, internment camps during World War II. Oh, and, uh, some nice light reading. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> but it was uh, but it was basically this uh, woman's story from when she was a child and what, like everything that she's seen while living in these camps. And it's an easy read. Like I blew through the entire thing while I was on my plane ride, like to the trip. And then I let my mom borrow it. She blew through it and read it. And, I, and then she let Wayne borrow it. And he blew through it and read it. Like all three of us read it on our vacation. And yeah, wow. very amazing book. And well, it's like the it's like the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, only a book. Right. <laughs> and then I started reading one uh, called uh, Final Girl Support Group. And, oh, nice. uh, I'm about halfway through it right now. And that one, um, I will talk more about it when I finish it, like in our what's new segment. But that one is really entertaining so far and definitely like a lot of nods to horror films that we all know and love. Nice. Um, but yeah, like I just had a great time. I was thankfully able to still have signals. So I was able to like still chat with Erica. I was able to chat with you guys a little <clears> bit. <throat> and as I chat with you guys, you and Brandon, like we even had a. Uh, had some nice chats and then uh, even chatted with my cousin and my roommate and my pets. And so, like, it was good. Uh, I'm glad to be home. Like, it was, I was ready by the time, like, the last day showed up, but uh was not ready to come back to this weather because it was beautiful and 82 to 85 degrees every single day. And, yeah, Scotty, the golden god now because I've got quite a tan now and love it. And, yeah, just had such an amazing time with an amazing experience. I so recommend doing cruises, especially if you're the type that does not get motion sick. Thankfully, I was not, so I just had a blast and thinking, oh, the boat's moving, or am I drunk? I'm not sure. Oh, well, and just keep going. Who cares? 
Yeah, I'm we, so glad you had fun, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, because we even got to see like musicals, stand-up comedians, and stuff like that on the boat because there was a lot of live entertainment. Like, yeah, this was just an amazing experience, and I came back fully just relaxed and very zen-like. Like, it very was zen. really neat. Well, maybe next time you go, you'll be able to take a lady friend. I'm hoping so. You know, like Tim Davis. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah. or yeah. Larry. Larry Davis. <laughs> Larry Davis. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is one thing I did want to bring up. Now, this, I was joking earlier with the sad somberness, but this yeah. is a little bit of sad news that happened, I found out, while I was on my cruise. Um, I have brought this show up several times on here, but it's the Neebs Gaming Podcast, or just Neebs Gaming with their YouTube channel, and they do a podcast. Um, I think I had brought him up before, but uh, one of the members, Thick44, had been dealing with brain cancer and fighting that battle. And unfortunately, he had lost uh, he had lost the battle and like left a lot of people completely heartbroken and left two beautiful daughters behind, like two young daughters and his girlfriend. He was young, like he was my age. Like, so that's just kind of really sad to see that they went down that that it went down that road for him. And they Neebs the Neebs gaming crew ended up doing a podcast uh, dedicated to him and they just talked about a lot of the fond memories of everything like that he does, like that he did in the games and that he did in real life and how like big of an impact he had on everyone. And like what did they say? Because he was notorious in the video games too, where everybody else is working as a team, Thick would just run off and just disappear because he, he would be considered the loot goblin. He would go and just loot houses, loot everything in the games where, and then they go, everybody else would go to adventure. They're going, God damn it. We've been thick. The house has been looted already. Damn it. Thick blah, 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 blah. So, so one of the things they said at the very end of the podcast was thick is now up in heaven, looting the place. Doing yeah. He's definitely is on his own adventure. Well, um, I'm sorry to hear that Scott and rest in yeah. peace. And, Bad respect to this person, Thick. Thick. Yep. I think um, his real name was Tony Schner, but like that was his pot, uh, gaming and podcast name, Thick Forty Four. And uh, fuck, cancer's a bitch. Fuck yeah, you, cancer. Fuck when you. I, when I heard that news, it devastated me because it's not like a celebrity where you know I don't really get to know them. I get to know a character yeah. they portray. Where with this, it's you know I never interacted with them in real, like throughout <clears throat> virtually or anything like that. But they, Neebs Gaming, and them. Every character there had gotten me through a lot of hard times, like especially when I was dealing with like loneliness and depression. That was what I watched as my comfort stuff that got me through. So it's it was a bit uh, heartbreaking to hear that news. Well, much love to everyone at that podcast and to their family and friends and going through this. And I'm glad you could shout them out. I think that's important. Yeah, like I said, I needed to, especially after bringing them up a couple different times on the show now. Well, now that we pass the serious part, we'll get back to making fun of Scott very soon. Yes. Um. But first, we're going to fire out of the dark. Um, so Scott made a poster of uh, our thoughts on Skinmarink. And this poster uh, went viral. Um, podcasters have shared it on their personal page. I was just listening to Kill the Cast and Jerry Herring shares it on any page he goes to where people are talking about <laughs> Skinmarink. Um, you probably saw it on the Friday Night Facebook page. So we thought we'd do a little spoiler review on Skinamarink and Infinity Pool. So if for some reason you have not seen those two movies, you may want to skip over this section for this episode because we will be discussing spoilers. So we'll start off with Skinamarink. And the reason why we chose these two movies is because Scott and I would consider them at this point the best and the worst of 2023 for us, for us personally. 
And the critique that we have of either one, I don't think either one is perfect, um, but I do think one of them, particularly is Skinnamarink. I don't think that's any shock there. Um, both are Canadian, um, made by Canadian filmmakers. And I uh, I think Skinnamarink tried to do something really innovative. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed the Kill the Cast episode that just dropped today. So when you're listening to this episode, I guess it would have dropped a week ago. Should listen to Jerry's review and Kenneth's review and Jay's review. It's actually quite good. Um, this movie had a lot of potential to be interesting. My critique of it was it was too long. Um, it should have been more selective with the shots that it did. If it was trying to simulate a child's nightmare, it could have done so in a more clear way. Um, It was very hard to hear what was going on and it was hard to stay engaged. Uh, But I do think that the concept was interesting. This should have been a short. Scott, what do you think? Yeah, like people know that I've ragged on this film over and over again and I've shown my disdain for it. And that is, you know... I know this film only had a $15,000 budget, so really micro budget. And I'm very happy to see that it made like was a $1.8 million in the yeah. uh, weekend run that it had in theaters. However, yeah, like you said, this should have been a short film, like maybe a 20-minute tops short film. Because there was not much going on in this film. Like, there is no real story. Like, what I've heard someone describe it, and I agree with this. It was a experimental horror experience. It wasn't a story. It was something you just had to experience and just kind of, like, put yourself in those kids' shoes. I get that. And, you know, I get what the director was trying to do there and, the, like, and what everything. But... You cannot make an hour and 50 long minute movie of just still shots of staring at corners or staring at a TV playing old cartoons and like have these little kids talking about like this level of volume and you can barely understand what they're saying and not having much dialogue. It's to some I heard it was very effective, which is awesome. I'm glad to hear that because, you know, their horror films are made for all different walks of life and will affect everybody differently. But I found this to be a chore. Like, it was, like, I joked and said it's like watching paint dry. I ain't kidding. I would have basically, it felt like I was watching paint dry. And I did also wonder why there were so many feet in this movie. That was actually a legit question I had. Um, I think, really, here's the thing. We watch lots of low-budget films. Scott and I have given lots of low budget films their time in the spotlight. We've had low budget films in our top 10 list that when people say haven't heard anyone talk about, I know for a fact people haven't talked about. Right. So like Scott and I, for example, live screen. Yeah. We pushed the fuck out of that movie. And that was, you could compare that budget to Skidamarink. It was not that high. Right. Here's the issue here. A low budget doesn't give you the right and that because you slap artistic on it to say it's a good film or my other argument that I hear people say, well, you know, it's better than I had. We had somebody tell us that it was better than barbarian. Objectively, you cannot tell me skin Marink is better than barbarian. You may prefer skin right. to barbarian, but objectively you cannot say that it is a butter made film because it is not. No, it is not. Barbarian for one has the budget behind it. Right. Makes it so you can have a better made film. Now, that being said, I do think Skinner Rink had something going for it. I do appreciate 
the artistic approach that this director took. I do think there was a chance here, but to think that you can pull $15,000 out of this long drawn out shot movie of an hour and 50 minutes is to me a very naive way to think because you may have done this now and you think people are going to come back for it a second time. People are running on this. Some people may have truly enjoyed it, but some people are just doing it because it makes them look edgy. We're part of enough horror groups out there that some people like to just say shit about horror films so they look like they're deeper than other people. And that, and you know, like what you like is what you like. You know, like honestly, I'm not a huge fan of the remake of Suspiria, but I would never sit back and be like, that's a shitty film. It's just not for me. Right. Like, but it doesn't mean it's not beautiful, well-made, all those things. It doesn't mean any of those things. I wasn't a big fan of Pearl, but I can still step back and go, that's an incredibly well-made movie and I see why people like it. And I feel like we need to stop as horror fans um, feeling the need to put down others because they don't like a movie that we like to start off with. Like, yes, yes, I know I was teasing Tim earlier, but that is teasing. Tim and Tim is more than welcome. Anyone is more than welcome. And they don't even need my permission. They have their opinions and that's fine. But to say, if we look at things objectively, there are certain films that I may like. I don't think that they're the best film that's out there. I just prefer it. Right. And I feel like that's what people aren't getting with Skin Marine. They're trying so hard to either shit on it and say it's absolutely horrible and the worst thing in the world or they're trying to be like oh no you just don't understand because it's so deep and artistic and this and that like let's just call it out there it was unique it was different good for the director for trying something different but it was too long should have been condensed and quicker to the point yeah because for one the story that was there could have been told within like like i said about 20 minutes short because there wasn't a lot of dialogue you would have had the exact same effect Granted, it wouldn't have made it to theaters because it would have been too short to go to a theater. But right. you would have you would have gotten like the same amount of attention if this was like you would have actually probably hooked more people if this was like on an anthology of some sort. And this was like a and short film. I really do feel like this is a one trick pony. You're not yeah. going to release a film that's like this again and have people flock out to see it. Right. Like, In my I, opinion, I'm <laughs> curious to see what this director ends up doing next if he continues to try doing more of this experimental horror or if he tries something a bit different now that yep. like, he's gotten a name behind him but uh i know brandon orlick um he had said that he watched uh this guy's youtube shorts that he made before this and they were all of that very similar style so yeah who knows it might just be something this guy continues to do going forward and it might he might capture a specific fan base that sticks with him but He's not going to get any bigger than what he did. Like, this was a flash-in-the-pan success, I think, just for the right time. Um, And it's something different. Horror fans love to be different. Yes. They love to thrive on the, we're not like everyone else, we're unique, we're different. And that's cool. We all front one way or another as a horror fan. We all do. Right. Yeah, to say, but to the ones that I just got like I'm kind of piggybacking off of what you said earlier about uh you know you know you like what you like and people dislike what they dislike. That does not give you the right to say well you just don't get it because that's probably not the case. Most of the time we just if there's a film we don't like there's a reason we don't like it and we doesn't mean we don't get it. Like if we don't get it most of the time we'd say we don't get it. But like yeah, and you don't... and if someone doesn't get it and you do it doesn't give you any special level of intelligence. Right. Like, it really actually doesn't. I would never be like, oh, because I really liked Renapal, or I don't know. I'm trying to think of some really artsy over the top. There's a lot of, like, woke films I like that people would call woke. 
I don't think I'm honestly better than anyone else because of the films I choose to like. They're right. just films I'm passionate about. It doesn't make me special. It doesn't do any of that shit. So, like, like you liking uh, Skinema Rink does not put you in a special category. <laughs> right. I mean, for example, I mean, look at my uh, love I had for uh, Ankle Biters. Like, that was yeah. super low budget. And I knew not many people were going to love it. But that one just, I loved it. I had a blast with it. Um, But, yeah, that you know, like we say, you know, everybody has different opinions for films and what affects them, you know, going forward. And same with, like, you know, me, like, you may joke, but, like, you know, where deer. Like, I had a blast with that because I know it's exactly what I liked. And it's, like, my style of movie. And I'm not recommending it to everybody because it's, I know not everybody's going to like it. But that was just, like, something that hit me right where I, hit me in the funny bone at the right moment. For sure. It's, like, how I liked bitch ass. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, it's by no stance. Like, I just think sometimes when people try to come on and be like, well, you just haven't watched enough movies. Yeah. I can assure you. Scott and I have watched lots of movies. When people say that to me, I almost want to go, bitch, <laughs> you, know, you know who you talking to? <laughs> and like, yet again, we can put the value. We were just having some good fun, especially the quote of, this is Canadian. This is why no one takes us seriously. Yes. Um, anyway, so skin him a rink, love it, hate it. You do you. Um, some good things that came out of that. We'll see what he does again. Now, Infinity Pool, I know for some people, has not been their thing. Um, personally, this movie blew my fucking mind. A um, couple of things that are spoilers that I just want to establish with Scott here. So throughout the movie, we learn that there's double cloning that happens in this country. Yes. At the end, we see that Alex Skarsgård's character is now going to go back home. Do you think, and he doesn't leave. He goes back to the resort. Do you think it was the double or do you think it was him? That stayed at the resort or the one? That yeah. Left? Well, no one left. He didn't leave. He went back to the resort. Well, no, one of them, then, one of them did leave. No. One of them went back he... to his wife. No, because he was sitting at the airport. Everyone was gone. Remember? Yeah. And I um. Did he actually get on the plane? I because I did. thought that he didn't get on the plane because you don't yeah. actually see him get on the plane. I may have to rewatch it, but I, I swore that. One version of him stayed behind, and the doppelganger went back to his wife. See, I thought he That's sat there in the airport. Everyone was gone. Like, he was literally the only one left. And then they show him at the resort, walking into the resort. Yeah, see, what I thought was when he was alone at the airport is that everybody else that he was with were going to different states and everything like that where they lived. And he was still mm. waiting for his plane, is how I took it. And then it, then it pans to... The resort. The resort. And I thought that was the real him sitting at the resort Ooh. wanting to continue that and he sent the doppelganger back to his wife okay so here's me thinking that he couldn't get on the plane because he was the doppelganger and he was and he went back to the resort okay but that's interesting i like that we have these different takeaways from this right because that's what this film does it makes you think it makes you think and i just want to give a shout out to mia goth's performance at the car scene where oh, she's, she's on the hood, on the hood yes. because it was so uncomfortable for me. I had to look away. Did you really Her bullying of him? I just felt so bad for this guy. I, it really fucking affected me that performance. I understand uh, Tim Davis said that she was kind of annoying and she is throughout the film. She is kind of annoying. Um, she's supposed to be like her character is yeah. annoying. Right. But that scene to me was like fucking beyond powerful. 
Yeah, because I just realized how much danger this guy is in. Like, yeah, like the, who the unfortunate crowd. That and how cruel, around. cruel she was like cruel. Yeah. Like it was so cruel. And I like how he doesn't want to leave because he realizes he can act out his fantasies and just get copied and then not have any consequences. Yeah, because the copy is the one that gets punished. Right. And I kind of wondered, I'm like, is this a play on like not wanting to have any consequences and doing whatever you want? And then what happens when you can no longer do that? Like, because, you know, sometimes you go away and like you're just out of cruise. Right. So you're drinking every day. And like, that's a small factor of it. Right. Right, But but I'm at resorts and stuff like that. But I'm different than I would be here. Yeah. I wouldn't be drinking every day and stuff like that. So I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and I think that it takes that mm-hmm. vacation mode setting of like, all right, I'm in vacation mode. I'm going to do this and just live it up, whatever. Yeah. And ratches it up to a thousand. Yeah. Hedonism and just weird sexual depravities and just not caring about the consequences. Cause like you said, like, yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't get punished for it. He literally gets a copy made and the copy gets punished. Right. There's and no it's... ownership. There's no nothing. I I think it's interesting that we had two different takes on the ending and um but we both kind of picked up on the same vibes throughout it. And one thing I also thought too was this could be another way it could be taken is you know when he when they first all got in trouble the you know where we're thinking like a clone gets made of him and then gets killed. Mm-hmm. It could have went, the clone got made, and now the clone is living his life, and the real version of him got yeah. killed and punished. Like, it could just be doing that, where it's just constantly making a new copy. You don't, like, they don't ever fully explain it, so it makes you think that, too. It's like, wait, maybe they are just living it up until they die, and then a new one comes in, lives it up with the same memories until he dies, and then a new one comes in, continues that, and just, it could be a continuous cycle over and over and over again. Right. Or it could just be the same person, like we're talking that just continues this unless the copies die. It's and then who were who were the other characters? Were they copies? Right. Right. Was Mia Goth a copy or was she? Yeah. Like it was so. And I don't know. Brandon Cronenberg gets stronger and stronger with each film he makes. Mm-hmm. His films get better and better. And I and definitely if Cronenberg isn't your thing, all respect here. Like I totally get that. No issues. Like you like what you like. But for me and Scotty. Like, I don't know. We fucking love Brandon Cornenberg. <laughs> this is a pro Brandon Cornenberg podcast. Like, we just yeah. think he's the bomb digs. Like, honestly, I, because I think I've said this before on the show that I prefer him over his father. And, yep, it's just, I prefer him over his father. Like, he just keeps doing these very, like, even his, he he has a lot of what his father did with a lot of the social commentary yeah. Yeah. and a lot of the body horror stuff. But he does it in a more modern, modern. unique modern. way that just kind of grabs me more. Where David Cronenberg was modern for his time. Yes. Right. Um, Brandon is doing it now for 2023. Yeah. And I love that. Right. Um, So, yeah, some really cool heavy hitters that came out this year. So we'll see what the rest of this year brings. Um, You know, we still got a lot of a lot of year to go, a lot of films to come out, a lot of things to see. But things are beginning to ramp up now. Um, which yeah, is this, nice to see. This coming weekend is Cocaine Bear, and I cannot Fuck fucking yeah. wait. Oh, I can't wait to hear what you think about it. It'll be great to hear. Oh, um, so oh, we'll definitely be talking about that on our next episode, which we will be back to our regular scheduled program. We will be releasing episodes every two weeks. Um, we will look at doing a wrestling episode, hopefully in April, if we can schedule something with our, our friends Tim and Rob. Uh, but in the meantime, if you like what you hear, you can check out more of podcasts like us on the legion podcast network 
Uh, there's a variety of shows that you can check out there. Just go there and subscribe. We're underneath the Kill the Cast feed. We're Friday Nightmares. Uh, Kill the Cast just released an episode recently. They released it about a year, a year ago, a week ago today, if you're listening on a Friday. So please go back and listen to them. Uh, there's also a Patreon with Legion where you can go in, you can get codes, listen to bonus episodes. And if you're not a Patreon member yet. Oh, sorry. I'm a bit rusty. I forgot. I was supposed to say something here, wasn't I? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Why haven't you signed up yet? What are you <laughs> waiting for? Join us. What are you waiting for? We are Legion. Join us. What are you waiting for? Join us. Join us today for $3 a month. Um, as always, we give shouts out to all the amazing other podcasters that support us. Uh, Mike Merriman and Venom from Fresh Cuts. Darren from Psychosomatic Podcast. Lance from The Horror Returns, uh, oh my god, Tim Davis and Daniel from Ho Dummies of Horror, Rob Humphreys from Slasher Radio and This Horror Life, and am I forgetting any other Dave podcasters? Z. Dave, Dave Z and heads. Christian from Exploding Heads, and I think that's it. Oh, Dave Bailey, of course, from uh, Good Old Xander Kane. Oh my gosh, what is their podcast? And Cemetery Gates cemetery gaze podcast so please check out all the awesome podcasts that are out there and listen to what they have to say as well because uh they're all super smart and they probably all didn't like simigrank either so right. um right so until next time scotty has a little message for you until next time kitties we hope you enjoyed this episode it's good to be back the smoke show's on fire and he is ready to burn some shit down so until next time unpleasant dreams see ya hey everybody just wanted to uh jump in here real quick uh one thing i had forgot to mention when i was kind of doing my tribute to thick 44 from neebs gaming um I just wanted to mention that not only was he just an awesome person like and funny and talent he was also very talented did a lot of voice acting and one thing that I really wanted to mention was that he is also an amazing musician not only did he like write songs he perf he did all the instruments he's done vocals and one thing I wanted to do for the end of this episode was kind of give a little tribute to him and play one of his songs from when they were, when he was with Neves gaming and he ended up doing a uh, song about Conan exiles where it was him and his group. And it was basically the song is kind of telling the story that they're going through in the video game. Uh, the song is called unleashed. Uh, and so I figure I would just play it here and hope you guys enjoy and rest in peace, Thick. You will be greatly missed. Crucified, lived here to die for crimes I swear I didn't commit 
at the end of my line, look back at my life and I'm trying to make sense of it. I lift my head up one last time to gaze upon this wretched land. I see a warrior approaching, but he's not a normal man. He is a legend, so many respect him, but I have to question what he's doing here. And I'm only guessing, but I'ma be ditching, so I know the end of my story is near. He took a breath and looked me dead in the eye, and this is what he said. I'ma help you down, but after that, you're on your own, kid. That's all I need. This is my time to take back everything I lost. I know the stakes. I'll do whatever it takes to get this bracelet off. There is a fire so filled up inside me. Won't be satisfied until I become free. Conan, this day won't be forgotten. I will rest until I'm king. Ain't great now, but they're much better. Just turned a pack of hyenas into some leather. Temple of Bats is on my quest, and I need some thick hide. How about no bat at the top of the steps has got me like thick hide? Got a kid scourge of the black heat. Now I'm wearing this shit like khakis, and the witch queen is unhappy because I turned her into an amputee. Exiled and tortured a life they created a monster so deep down within me And not gonna lie, in the back of my mind I decided that I would never let them kill me Confined to the chains that would bite me So what I'm about to do, please God forgive me Just try to send me to hell cause I'm coming right back and I'm bringing hell with me my head and pray I have the strength to find a way to vindicate those who enslaved me for so long I will embrace the hate that has consumed me on my way to retribution in the unnamed city raise my god and turn it into ruins I slave no more I slay my enemies and this will be my legacy thinking back when I was on that cross and Conan had befriended me take back everything that's mine opposition left to die and every demon that I face is dead except that bat he's still alive I